three. You're listening to Sports Talk Chicago with your host, John Zaglul. John, I am fantastic. Thank you for having me. You got an awesome voice, man, and that was a terrific <laughs> intro. You're like a pro's pro. You know, that was the first time somebody ever said that, John. No, you're the first person to ever say anything like that. That's, that's very interesting. You got it, John. Anything for a fellow Chicago guy? <laughs> well, what a great question. That's a great question. Nobody's actually asked me that. <laughs> I like it. What a great question. I never heard that before. Chase, wait, wait, Chase Sully is what? You're saying he's not a Hall of Fame candidate? You know, it's it's funny. I, I, You may be the only person that I've heard make that connection. Thank you, John, for having me. I'm doing great. By the way, you have an outstanding voice. I'm not sure about your face because I haven't met you, but your voice is great. You're doing a much better job than I ever did. You've had some heavy hitters uh, guests on too, man, so keep up the good work, but it's good to be with you, and I'm ready to talk sports. Hello, everybody, and welcome into Sports on Chicago. My name's John Zaglore. Great to have you here. Today's edition of the program, so much news to get to. Alan Robinson, no longer a bear. Mitch Trubisky and the Giants could near a deal. And Aaron Rodgers will stay with Green Bay. All of that comes up in just a moment. Plus, a brand new interview today with Benjamin Albright, the host of Broncos Country Tonight on KOA 850 in Denver and a national NFL insider. Talk with him extensively about the Russell Wilson trade, Aaron Rodgers staying, what it means for the Bears, and so much more. It's a great interview. It comes your way near the midway point of this show. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at John Z Sports and on Facebook at John Z Gluel. If you want to watch more of this show, search up Sports Talk Chicago, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, SportsTalkChicago.com. Well, kind of expected this, right? Shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. There were reports, conflicting reports, that maybe last week a last-minute deal could be done, but obviously it didn't. As of today, Alan Robinson is a free agent and most likely will not be returning to Chicago. When I saw this report at first, I was understandably disappointed. Really thought there could have been a last-minute deal done with this new regime. Obviously, Robinson's problem was with Matt Nagy, Ryan Pace, not Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus. But regardless, it looks like it's over Alan Robinson. Report here from Diana Brusini, adding to the Courtney Cronin spot on reporting here, the Bears will, in fact, let Alan Robinson hit free agency no tag is expected to be used. A fresh start for the receiver coming off back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons in 2019 and 2020. I don't really know what to say. Robinson, as we know, was screwed last year. That's been proven a number of times. You could say you don't believe it, but everybody was screwed under Matt Nagy's offensive scheme. And there's evidence to support Robinson's claim. 66 catches last year after 100-plus in 2018 and 2019. And 2020, even, too. Alan Robinson was a quality number one wide receiver. And to me, he still is one of the most underrated receivers in the NFL today. He's gone. The Bears lost him. Now, many of you might say, well, who cares? Let him go. He sucks. Didn't block for us. Uh, What? No effort last year. You might say that, and that's fine. But when you take a look at the rest of the wide receiver market, that's when you might get a bit scared. Who's out there? Mike Williams just got locked up. Guy I said who could be a great replacement for Robinson, he's off the board. Devontae Adams, 
franchise tag. Godwin, unavailable. The Bears are going to have to look at the draft if they want to upgrade at wide receiver. Simply put, the problem is this. Brian Paul said a week ago, we need a bailout wide receiver for Justin Fields. As of today, they don't have that. They let go of their bailout guy. I'm not going to blast Ryan Poles, because maybe he has something else up his sleeve, but at the surface, not a great move here. And it totally contradicts what you said the week before. Who better to be a bailout wide receiver than Allen freaking Robinson? A guy with two-plus thousand-yard seasons, two-plus hundred-catch seasons. It's extremely unfortunate to see his time here in Chicago come to an end like that, too. Say what you want about last year. Allen Robinson, for the most part, did a lot of good things here in Chicago on and off the field. Should have been honored better and not kind of thrown away like he was. I just find it a bit shameful, you know? Kind of like when Mitch Krabinski left. There was no goodbye video. There was no big-time goodbye from the fan base. Everybody said, good riddance, get the hell out. Bears didn't even do a goodbye video for Mitch Trubisky, but they did for Charles Leno. That's my point. Kind of felt like that for Allen Robinson. And the fact that he did so good and was kind of almost forced out is different. I know many people probably are excited about this move and happy, and that's fine. I get it. Last year, not the best year. Sure, gave up on his team even though it was sabotaged. I understand it. But he played well. He was a mainstay as a Bears wide receiver for a couple of years. I mean, he defined somewhat of an era in Bears football, a more modern era. The Bears have never had historically great wide receivers. I mean, Marty Booker held a record for the Bears at wide receiver. Think about that. (laughs) Marty Booker, of all people. The point being, the Bears have never been a good wide receiving team. They had a great one in Robinson. He's gone now. Fine. There could have been a better send-off to me. There wasn't. Maybe it's me. Maybe I'm a bit too emotionally invested, but Robinson did a lot of good things for this team that really hadn't been seen consistently. 100-plus catches, couple years in a row, 1,000-plus yards, couple years in a row. Thinking about that he did that with a plethora of different quarterbacks in 2020, I mean, that's more than impressive. And I've said this a number of times, I'll say it again, Allen Robinson is a very good wide receiver. He will find somewhere to go, guaranteed. No one's going to think about this past year. Matt Nagy was the problem. I will continue to say this. He's one of those rare guys that doesn't need a quarterback to succeed. 100-plus catches, 1,000-plus yards with Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles in 2020. A midseason quarterback change. You know, there are so many wide receivers I could think of where their numbers completely dip when a quarterback change is made. Not his. So for teams looking around at the wide receiving market, which is a bit weak, considering Allen Robinson should be at the top of everybody's list. Especially, too, when you're playing under Matt Nagy here in Chicago to put up two straight 1,000-yard seasons, two straight 100-catch seasons, with a quarterback controversy on top of it and a coach that tried to sabotage you, there's a hell of a lot of value in that. There's a ton of value in that. 
Not many receivers like him today who depend on a quarterback. We hear it all the time. Oh, they have a great connection. Oh, they do great together. Jake Cutler, Earl Bennett. I mean, we hear it all the time. There are very few wide receivers where you could say, it doesn't matter who the hell the quarterback is, they're going to perform. Allen Robinson performed despite a quarterback controversy that shocked this entire city in 2020. Think about that. 100-plus catches, 1,000-plus yards. Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles put up those numbers. That's unbelievable. Oh, and by the way, has a coach who tried to sabotage him, reportedly. I believe it. So when you put all those factors together, Allen Robinson will be a hot commodity. Should get a very good deal. Should be near the top of the wide receiver free agency list. What's not to like? The guy's productive, makes great plays, and did all that here in Chicago. Again, I don't want to emphasize this, Chicago's not usually known for their wide receivers. For their offense, in general. And he did that with the Bears. That should garner serious interest. And I would hope he goes somewhere where he's appreciated. More than anything, it'd be a waste of talent. And last year was a waste of talent. For him to sit here and deal with whatever happened between Matt Nagy, not playing him, no targets, new quarterback, rookie quarterback, three different quarterbacks. He needs a fresh start, and he needs to go somewhere where he's going to be appreciated. He is, by all means, a WR1. Wherever he goes, he should be a number one guy. No doubt. If not a high-end number two, or 1A, 1B type situation. He's a highly sought-after commodity. He should go somewhere where he gets paid fairly. But even more than that, I really hope he goes somewhere where he's appreciated. It's a waste of talent. I want him to win a Super Bowl. I mean, to be honest, I want him to win a Super Bowl. Great wide receiver. Shouldn't have to deal with coaches sabotaging him, different quarterbacks, quarterback carousel, not getting targets, potentially on purpose. That's ridiculous. I really hope he goes somewhere where he's cherished, appreciated, where he puts up great numbers, goes back to 2024, and hopefully wins something, something of significance. This guy has rotted with the Jacksonville Jaguars, now to an extent the Chicago Bears. Go somewhere where you're going to win, where they're going to treat you, like, extremely well. So I wish the best to Allen Robinson. If the Bears don't want to make a farewell video, nobody else wants to acknowledge it, this is his farewell video right here. Farewell, Alan Robinson. Thank you for the memories. Thank you for all the good things you did here in Chicago, both on and off the field. And I hope, for your sake, for everybody's sake, win a Super Bowl. Go somewhere where you're going to be a winner. Don't think about only the money. Alan, if you're watching this, don't think about only the money. Go somewhere where you're going to be appreciated, number one, and where number two, you have a serious opportunity to win the Super Bowl. Please. I would be heartbroken for him if he never wins a Super Bowl. If he sits around and has his career end with the Jets or something. Jaguars, Bears, and Jets, you got to be kidding me. Go somewhere where you are going to win, where they're ready to win. Don't go into another project. Mitch Trubisky news has resurfaced. Now, there have been a number of trades in the NFL for quarterbacks recently. Russell Wilson to the Broncos. 
huge trade. Carson Wentz to the Commanders, a place where they were tied to Mitch Trubisky. But the question is, what's left for Mitch? According to a new report from the New York Post, the Giants and Mitch Trubisky could end up with a deal the first day of free agency. He's expected to be a target by the Giants when free agency begins next week. It would reunite the 27-year-old quarterback with Brian Dable, his former offensive coordinator, who was named the Giants head coach. Trubinsky, in a new interview, said, quote, I'm excited to see what he does in New York. I don't know where I'm going to go, but I do know that whatever he does there, he's going to do a great job with that offense. He's a great leader of men. He's just real and authentic. All the guys, and I think that's why so many people respected him in our building in Buffalo. So I'm excited to see what he's going to do. Now, as we all know, it's pretty obvious, the Giants already have a quarterback, Daniel Jones. I want to make myself clear. Daniel Jones is a bust. That's not just me saying it. New York sports radio hosts say it a lot, but I really mean it. Daniel Jones is a bust. Entering his fifth year, he's done nothing of significance. I remember the day he was drafted. Maybe you do, too. One of those top picks, and everybody was like, who the hell is this? Like, does this make sense? Why is this happening? Nobody really understood it. Nobody got it. But they did from Duke. Okay, who is this? And he did nothing. He's done nothing of significance his entire career. He could run a little bit. That's great. I mean, Mitch can too. We're trying to compare who's better, who's worse. I mean, doesn't make any sense. Mitch Trubisky, by far, is a better quarterback than Daniel Jones. If Mitch Trubisky goes to the Giants, goes to a place where Brian Dable just worked with him in Buffalo, now he goes to New York, that'd be a great situation to me. Read you that quote from two weeks ago on the video I made about Mitch, talking about how he said the offense is simpler under Dable. There isn't as much thinking. Even Josh Allen said recently, he's an athlete. Mitch Trubisky is not some idiot. He's an athlete. He's a good quarterback. Or he can be good with the right coaching, the right tutelage, and the right team around him. Now, as far as weapons go, not too much there in New York. Not a great offensive line either. That's a bit scary. But if we're going to talk about potential starting ability, if we're going to talk about who's better and a good offense under Brian Dable, it would make a lot of sense for Mitch to go there. I personally thought it was going to be the Commanders or the Broncos, but now obviously that's not going to be the case. So when you evaluate his new options, what, Carolina, maybe Houston, um, the Giants, and Pittsburgh. I think he'd do great in Pittsburgh. But as more reports come out, as we hear more about Mitch and what happened in Buffalo this past year, it's obvious there was some connection. It's obvious they got along really well, Mitch and Dable. Who knows? Maybe there was a deal in place where they've been in touch and Dable said, wherever I go, I want you to come with. Maybe that's why the Bears didn't hire him. I mean, this is just speculation, but it's possible. That stuff happens all the time. Look at Brian Flores. He said, wherever I go, I want Deshaun Watson with me. Possible behind closed doors, those conversations were had. I do know this. He will be on a new team. That's a fact. I was actually told by a source about that. I was told... He will have a new team. And the announcement will come when the free agency starts. So he's not going back to Buffalo, and he ain't coming here, obviously. That was a real source who told me that. 
he will be on a new team. So, at this point, we don't really know who, but we have an idea now. It's not going to be Washington, and it's not going to be Denver. There are fewer options left. Pittsburgh, Houston, Carolina, and I guess the Giants. Here's the positive about going to New York. Now, the market's going to be horrible media-wise. They're probably going to screw him and hurt him like they did here in Chicago. It's going to be way worse. But the positive is you're going to a coach who knows you. This is not Matt Nagy. This is not some sort of situation where you inherit a coach. This is serious. That's the positive. This is a serious relationship that's been cultivated over a year. Dable knows exactly who Mitch Trubisky is, what he's capable of, what his limitations are, if any and what his strengths are. And he knows, most importantly, how to cater an offense to him, something Matt Nagy still is clueless about. I think it'd be a great fit, assuming the competition is fair and based on merit. Based on merit right now, Mitch Trubisky's a way better quarterback than Daniel Jones. So as long as the Giants tell Dable, essentially, do what you want, we don't have any loyalty to Jones anymore, Mitch Trubisky will start week one, and he'll probably do okay if not Better than okay. Above average. Top 15 to 20. But, as we saw here in Chicago with the 2020 season, if ownership gets involved, if the head coach has an affinity towards somebody, there could be a problem. If there's bias in the evaluation, there will be a problem. That's the thing you got to worry about if you're Mitch and you're wondering where to go. But again, different knowing Dable's the head coach. There's obviously a connection. There's a good rapport between the two. So I think that's going to be his logical destination. We will see what happens in free agency. I wouldn't be opposed to that move, though. It'd be a great move for Mitch's career. Only problem is, huge market, you got to perform. But you're with the right guy who could give you the toolkit to make sure that you perform. I really expected what happened the other day with Aaron Rodgers. Wasn't surprised. Wasn't caught off guard. Some Bears fans really thought he'd be gone, which I don't know why you thought that. Um, If you think about the other destinations he could have went to, this was the logical one if he's thinking about winning. At the end of the day, you'd like to think players of that caliber are concerned about winning. It's not about the money, really, although he's going to get paid handsomely. Four years, $200 million, I think $150 million guaranteed. That's a hell of a contract. But at the end of the day, he's worried about winning. Wants another Super Bowl. Wants another ring. Going to Denver? Think about that division right now. Right now, even. Justin Herbert, Derek Carr, Patrick Mahomes, and then Russell Wilson. Imagine if that was Aaron Rodgers instead. He'd have to pace off against Pat Mahomes, Derek Carr, Justin Herbert. Versus here, Justin Fields, Garrett Goff, or potentially a rookie, and Kirk Cousins for now. We don't even know where he's going to be next year. Hmm, which one would I want to choose? Who cares if it's an easy path or not? As long as you make it to the Super Bowl, then you could win it, right? So Aaron Rodgers was thinking, most likely, how am I going to get to another Super Bowl? How am I going to win? Well, now Russell Wilson's traded. There's one less good quarterback in the NFC and one less good team in Seattle. Seattle's going to suck next year unless somehow they turn around and get to Sean Watson and he's able to play, which we don't know yet. But if you're thinking about a winning strategy, you're thinking about ways to make it back to a Super Bowl, win a championship again, get a second one to be 
a really good Hall of Famer, to get yourself to near GOAT status, what are you going to do? I would stay with Green Bay. That's what he did. That's why this wasn't a surprise to me. Some it was. To some, they really thought he'd leave. I didn't. kind of knew this was going to happen. Now, the good thing is there's a timetable for more years. I don't know if he's going to play at 42, 43 years old. Maybe he'll retire if he wins one more Super Bowl. That'd be great. It's good for Bears fans. But as for now, there's going to be more years of suffering for this team, unfortunately. Saw some tweets yesterday saying, oh, that means Justin Fields will take him down. Really? Come on. Look, this doesn't mean I hate Justin Fields, but do you really think we're going to compare Justin Fields and his ability to take down Aaron? I mean, come on. That's ridiculous. That makes no sense. That's a fanboy-type comment. So you're telling me Mr. 7-touchdown-10 pick is going to take down Aaron Rodgers? I don't care if it was Mitch Trubisky, Justin Fields, Andy Dalton, Nick Foles, even a new coach. You're not going to take him down that easily. And that quickly. Uh, Justin Fields will just have to walk right through him. Really? Yeah, you think Justin Fields is going to walk right through and just beat down Aaron Rodgers and the Packers? The Bears will be lucky if they split against the Packers next year, let alone even stay competitive in both games they play. That makes no sense to make that comment. The Bears are going to have to hope if they want to go anywhere, they could get a wild card, sneak in, and have to face the Packers in the NFC Championship game. The Bears, as of today, I'm sorry, I hate to break it to you, are not better than Green Bay. Plain and simple. It's unfortunate, but it's true. They're not better. They have a long way to go, the Bears. O-line help. Tons of wide receiving help now with no Allen Robinson. Who are you going to use besides Darnell Mooney? What, Daz Newsome? Okay, but who else? And no cornerbacks. And there was still talk, and there still is talk, about trading Khalil Mack on top of it. The Bears have a lot of holes here. I understand they shore some things up. They could be a fringe playoff team. But even if you're a fringe playoff team, you are not going to beat the Packers like that. There's no way. So we need to get that idea out of our heads here. The fact is, unfortunately, Aaron Rodgers is staying for a few more years. And if I were the Bears at this point, I'd start to plan your game plan, start to plan your rebuild and the way in which you're going to win around his timetable. And as horrible, as submissive as that sounds, unless you come around and have this superstar roster and make tons of big moves, you're not going to beat him. You're not. And I have to face that reality at some point. So the Bears have to understand the significance of this move by Rodgers. Are you really going to take him down? Do you really actually want a game plan around taking down Rodgers. You might try, but I don't think you're going to succeed based on who he is, what he's done, and how many years he has just killed the Bears. It would be smart at this point to build a good foundation if you're the Bears, and if you could this year stay somewhat competitive the year after, make a wild card the year after that, potentially one of Rodgers' last years on his deal, then you make a serious run. This is going to take time. This is not... A simple fix-all. It's not, oh, Justin Fields will go through and barrel through next year. It's not how it works. It's public. Rodgers, as of today, has four more years in Green Bay. Which means if you're the Bears, by year four, Rodgers' contract, you better be ready to win the Super Bowl. That's it. You better be ready by year four to win the Super Bowl. That's how you have to look at it. It hurts to an extent that he's still going to be here, that he's going to beat down on the Bears for four more years. 
but the Bears aren't ready to win a Super Bowl today. Anyway, so use this time that's been given to you to be ready for that time. Become the successor to the Packers in the division. You have a chance to do it now, knowing that Aaron Rodgers is going to be gone. Be ready, be prepared to be the successor. Because guess what? The Vikings and the Lions, they're working just as hard as you. They know when Aaron Rodgers is going to be gone. And they're going to be ready, or hopefully, to try and be that successor. Beat them out. Be the next team up. When Rodgers leaves and the Packers go into oblivion, be the team that says, we are the king of this division now. Don't focus on just next year. Or, oh, man, it's going to be four years. No. By year four, be the successor. Be ready to take over this division. You're going to do it right then. That's the right way you got to look at this. You're a Bears fan, and if you're Bears management. Okay, Rodgers has four more years. What are we going to do? Well, we're certainly not ready to win a Super Bowl today, not even ready to win the division. Let's be ready by year four and be the heir to the Packers in the NFC North. Smart idea. That'd be the best way to approach this situation. When I saw the news, that's what I thought immediately. Don't focus on taking down Aaron Rodgers. Focus on building while he's still there and taking over. Don't take him down. Take him over. If you follow that strategy, chances are you're going to win a lot of games and potentially a Super Bowl with Justin Fields coming up very soon. More to come here on Sports Talk Chicago. My interview with Benjamin Albright comes up next, so stay tuned. Sports Talk Chicago. Here with John Zaglula, and we are back and ready for today's special guest. He's an NFL insider, the host of Broncos Country Tonight and KOA 850 in Denver. Please welcome Benjamin Albright to the program. Benjamin, it's great to have you on. How are you? Uh, doing pretty well. How are uh, how are you? Sorry for going to be driving while I do this, so let me buckle up here and not uh, not break the law. But uh, yeah, gonna be uh, gonna be a road adventure for the show. I'm all fine with that. I really appreciate you making the time. I know you're a very busy guy, especially with all this news going on in Denver. What was your reaction to the Russell Wilson trade to start? Uh, you know, excitement. Um, we knew that was a possibility. We didn't know it was a probability this quickly. Um, you know, we, we knew um, two weeks ago that Aaron Rodgers was going back to Green Bay, but we didn't know for, for a fact whether or not they're going to be able to pull off the Russ Wilson deal. So uh, it was it was super cool that they were able to pull that off. And, you know, the Broncos have a, have a quarterback now that I think gives them uh, playoff credibility, which they haven't had since uh, Peyton Manning left. What's he do to their Super Bowl chances for next year? I, I think they're a contender. Um, I wouldn't put him. I wouldn't post him as a favorite, but I think they're a contender. I think they're definitely a playoff contender, and any team as a playoff contender has got to be in that in that talk. How built is their roster for Russell Wilson offensively? Oh, it, it's a pretty good. Um, the, you know, the Broncos roster top to bottom is ready to compete. Just needed a quarterback. I mean, you look last year; they had the number three defense in the NFL on the offensive side of the football. You got Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, Albert Obanob, Javante Williams, Mike Boone, and an offensive line that might be the best offensive line Russ has ever been behind. They do need to figure out the right tackle position, and uh, there's going to be some competition at center, right guard, but. Um, still, that, that line is not—it's not bad, and it's built to run outside zone, which is what they're going to switch to. So I, I think it's—I uh, think it's pretty built for us. What do you think about the trade itself? Do they give up too much, or what do you think about what Denver gave back to Seattle? 
I was surprised they didn't have to give up more. Um, you know, you look at this and you would have expected a Draymond Jones or a Bradley Chubb to be involved there, a Jerry Judy to be involved there. I thought there was probably going to be another draft pick involved. Uh, I, I thought the trade was very fair. Um, I, you know, I think Seattle got the short end of it just a little bit, but uh, I think overall it was a very fair trade. And, I, you know, I'm not uh, in terms of giving up too much. I, I don't even understand that concept. Do you think the Rams think they gave up too much for Matt Stafford? <laughs> no chance. Not if they're winning the Super Bowl. Exactly. <laughs> Benjamin Albright here on Sports Talk Chicago. Benjamin, how shocking was the Khalil Mack trade for the Bears? Oh, not at all. Uh, Chicago's cleaning house. We all knew that was coming. Uh, in fact, they're, they're, they're cutting guys, cleaning house. Anything is for sale there in Chicago as they totally rebuild that thing from the ground up. They're going to have uh, over $100 million of cap space available next year to be able to come back and, and, uh, and, and buy uh, the pieces that they need. But they, they plan on, uh, on a complete rip and strip there in Chicago. They feel like this is their year to do that. Um, and uh, it's not a surprise to people who've been paying attention. Who else do you think is on the market right now for Chicago? I think just about anybody can be had. I, you know, outside of maybe Fields, I think just about everybody can be had there in Chicago. Uh, I don't think there's there's anything that, that's off limits per se for the right price. Now, some of those prices might be a little higher than uh, than others. Uh, and I, you know, I'm not 100 percent sure the Fields wouldn't be available for the right price. Uh, you know, I don't I don't think they're married to him at all. Uh, you know, you look at over the tape last year, there were some glaring deficiencies. Now, that's not to say he can't take a jump. That's not to say that Matt Nagy wasn't holding back, but uh, there were some pretty glaring deficiencies. He did look like a slow processor at times did have the great deep ball but uh, and that pittsburgh game was fun to watch if you're a fields fan but beyond that i mean it, it just really wasn't a great year of tape for him and um they've really got to get that offensive line built for whoever is going to be the quarterback there in chicago whether that's field long term or whether that's someone else have you heard anything specifically about fields being dealt no no not specifically i'm okay. just saying that I, I think that uh if you know if the right deal came along and it had to be a huge deal but if the right deal came along um they would be they would accept just about any deal right now is Ryan Poles doing the right thing? He thinks he is. <laughs> and it's his job on the line, not mine, you know. <laughs> um, it, I, 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 I got to be honest with you. If it were me up there in Chicago, I probably would do the same thing. I probably would sand the thing all the way down and start over. Um, you know, the window with that defense after Fangio left and the offense and all that kind of stuff, that window's over, that window's passed, so why not? Don't keep trying to patch it and just play into mediocrity. Go and build this thing from the ground up the way you want it, the way your coach wants it, uh, and, and have the right vision uh, for what you want and, and go from there rather than uh, – because if you otherwise you're just you're, you're playing patchwork and it, it, that, that kind of stuff just doesn't work. You wind up in, in, in purgatory in that mediocrity where you're barely making the playoffs or barely missing them and, you know, build this thing the way the coach had envisioned. Where do you think they're going? Like, what needs are they going to address either this year or next year with that big cap space? Well, I, I mean, obviously, you're going to have to get the pass rush going. Uh, the front four is going to look a little different. You're not going to be a 34 defense anymore. You'll probably be a 43. You're probably going to attack with a front four. Um, Eberflus is heavy with the with the Tampa 2 variant, so you probably your defense is probably going to look something like that. Athletic linebackers that, uh, uh, that can drop back into, into hook zones. Um, you're probably looking for rangy, too high safeties, and then strong tackling corners that can play the low zone and ride the rails on the outside. Um, on the offensive side of the ball, build the wall, man. Build the wall. Build, build a wall to protect that quarterback. <laughs> Um, so that's, that's, that's what you'd be looking for there on the offensive side of the ball. Um, I, I think, you know, you're going to look for one burner, one possession guy as the, as the, and then figure out the running back situation. You're going to build this thing up around, unless they get, like I said, unless they get a huge offer for field, you can build this thing around him, uh, and see what he can do. And if he can do it, he's your guy. And if he can't, you'll, you'll be on to looking for the next one. If they rebuild this offensive line and it does way better than last year, do you expect a big jump for fields? Well, I mean, he needs that. 
Um, you know, I mean, at, at the risk of, of being that guy, he is a slower processor. He does see the field more slowly. It was that way at Ohio State, too. But he had a massive line in front of them that was just, you know, full of five-star athletes able to protect him uh, for those, you know, for those deep option routes at Ohio State uh, and that he could throw it up. So if, to, to maximize his effectiveness, that's what you need to do. I don't know if that's enough to make him a great NFL quarterback or not. Uh, but if it's me, I'm all in to find out because we've already got them on the roster on the rookie deal. Do you think Luke Getze could do something different with him? Well, I mean, they're going to bring in concepts that, you know, they worked for Aaron Rodgers. Now, keep in mind, Getze always also has experience at the college game. You go back and look uh, at his Mississippi State and, and the offense that they ran down there. He was a little more um, uh, willing to let his quarterback run and put him in situations to make his quarterback run, uh, which I think plays to Fields' strengths. Fields kind of, even though he has that athleticism, kind of has a hesitancy to kind of use it sometimes. So um, I'm hoping that Getze can kind of drill that into him. Hey, you've got this tool in your toolkit. Let's use it. What still really concerns you about Fields? Well, the slow processing, uh, the inaccurate passes, um, not getting off that first read quick enough, you know, those kinds of things. He he has a tendency to try to hold and eat the ball. Uh, he took an, an insane amount of sacks. He led the NFL in sack percentage, uh, led the NFL in fumbles, led the NFL in uh, interception percentage. Got to cut down on the turnovers and got to quit taking sacks. You got to learn that discretion is a better part of valor. Just throw the football away. Throw it out of bounds. Taking zero and a loss of down is better than taking minus nine and a loss of down. <laughs> And do you think that's something that he could grow into? I mean, have you seen other quarterbacks before with those similar numbers grow out of it, or is that something that's on the table? Well, Josh Allen didn't take that many sacks, but he was kind of that rough, raw guy his first season, you know, inaccurate passing, uh, slower to read the field, um, you know, didn't have great weapons around him, great lines. So there's there's a parallel out there. It's more of an outlier than it is the rule, but there are certainly examples out there. So what to come with Benjamin Albright in just a moment. Stay tuned. In Chance, Sports Talk Chicago. Benjamin Albright still here on Sports Talk Chicago. Benjamin, a few more questions before we finish up. First off, Matt Eberflus, Ryan Poles, what was your reaction when you found out about those hirings? Um, uh, well, with Poles, we kind of, kind of knew that was coming and once he was coming we kind of knew it was going to be Eberflus so that that sort of made sense um the, the question really surrounded which general manager candidate was going to get the job so uh with polls you know he, he spent time at Kansas City bringing that over um the Getze hire is certainly interesting um I, you know I like Matt Eberflus a lot I think he's a good coach I don't know as a head coach but as a defensive coordinator I think he's very good um he, he, they, they play a bend don't break style of defense with that Tampa two and the one the, the, the Achilles heel of that defense is, is that if you need a quick turnover, that's not the defense that, that gets you a quick turnover. It bends and don't breaks and forces you into a field goal. And as we found out here in Denver with Vic Fangio with a similar style defense, now he was running quarters match, but it was still a bend, don't break. Uh, if you needed, if you're playing a, a run game, wear out the clock, that kind of thing, um, and you need a turnover at the end of the game, you're unlikely to get it. You know, if you need a big stop, a three and out, you're unlikely to get that. You'll still have a great defense, but you're unlikely to get that. So you want to make sure that your offense is putting points up and not playing from behind. No, that's pretty funny you say that because Eber Blues last week in a press conference said we want to be fanatical about takeaways. Do you think that and his defense go together then? Probably not, right? I mean, it does, but you, you want to be fanatical about takeaways. But I'm thinking, like, what I'm trying to get at is, like, in the fourth quarter, when you need a spot takeaway that's just it, or, or a three and out, um, you, you can't rely on that. 
You know, getting takeaways throughout the game is always a good thing. And that defense will be good for that. But when you get cornered in a situation where you need that, it's a one possession game and you need a three and out or something like that. Those style of defenses, it's their one Achilles heel. You can run the ball on it and you can wind clock down on it at the end of a game because they're, they're just so difficult to get a three and out playing that way. Are the Bears capable of success and Matt Eberflus and Ryan Poles too with this roster right now? Well, as it says right now, no, but uh, obviously they're going to rebuild this thing. Like I said, they're sanding it down. They're getting rid of, you know, the ash and trash, and they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna sit there and try and build this thing back up in their vision. I certainly respect that right off the bat. Um, that's going to – it's going to burn some bridges in the locker room initially as they deal guys off and guys are going to be unhappy. But I think if you can if – if you're a good coach and you're a good GM and you can convey your vision to some of those pieces and show them that, hey, long term, this is in our best interest, um, I think that will go a long way. How long do you think this takes? Uh, typically, your typical target is three years, um, you know, three years or at least enough promise in year three that you can get there in year four. We've seen teams do it faster. I mean, you look at the Niners uh, when they sanded it all the way down. They got there a year early, uh, you know, as it were. So typically three years is the mark, though. In the first year, you're, you're just going to lose. In the second year, you want to either lose small or win small. And in the third year, you want to be win small or win big. And when do you think, I don't know, a playoff appearance could be on the horizon, probably after three or four years? I think year three, you want to hit the, if you're not hitting the playoffs in year three, there's a problem. You know, uh, you want to be above 500 and in playoff contention. If you don't hit the playoffs, that's uh, that's a head scratcher. What about Aaron Rodgers returning to the division? How does that affect what the Bears are going to be doing and what the NFC North will look like? Well, I think if you're the Bears and you're doing your rip and strip, I mean, this is the this is the window, right? Aaron Rodgers still runs a division, so why not do the get rid of everything and start building it up while he still owns a division? And in a year or two, when he's gone and retired, now all of a sudden you're in prime position to take back over the stacked roster. So, uh, you know, I mean, you got some interesting competition because Detroit started theirs last year. Minnesota will be starting theirs either this year or next year. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see who in that curve makes the right decisions and gets the right guys on their roster. Uh, but I think that's the deal. If you've got a team that owns the division right now, why not sand it all the way down and try to be out in front of it, especially if that guy's going to be retired in a few years. Benjamin, before we finish up today, last question, what's the best reaction you've heard about the Russell Wilson news on your radio show? Uh, there was some, uh, there was a, a father that called in. He called in to let us know his newborn had been born and, uh, they were going to name his middle name, Russell in honor of the, uh, Russell Wilson acquisition. <laughs> so for me, that was, that was pretty cool getting to be, you know, we had to be on the air and hear fans excitement, but that level of excitement, that's a whole nother level. So, well, Benjamin, thank you so much for joining me. Always appreciate the time. Best wishes in this chaos for NFL free agency and looking forward to our next chat. Absolutely. Best wishes to the Chicago bears. The NFL is better when the bears are good. Great talk there with Benjamin Albright, and that'll do it for us today here on Sports Talk Chicago. Big thank you to Benjamin Albright himself, Matt Tubio, WCKG, Jim DeTalbin, Tomorrow Entertainment, making this show a success. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at John Z Sports and on Facebook at John Zagluo. You can watch more of this show. Search up Sports Talk Chicago, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, SportsTalkChicago.com. Another great show comes you with tomorrow. Thank you so much for listening. Till then, stay safe. So long, everyone. No! No! We are the turtles!